Thank you for joining us on our Living Word Christian Center podcast. You're about to listen to one of our guest speakers. Open up your hearts and get ready to receive a word from the Lord. I hope that was okay. Praise God. Um, brother, uh, brother, uh, um, oh man, I'm overwhelmed. Anthony, <laughs> brother Anthony, he, I believe he's going out to Pioneer Church, right? Amen. I, I'm not a, I'm not a prophet. I'm not prophesying over you and I'm not predicting anything, but I will say this is that you haven't quit. And you and I go back to the early 80s under Pastor Ruben. And you're going to reap a harvest because of the fact this is just the word of God because you never quit. Amen. And so before we start uh, this morning, can I say something to you, church? I believe that in 2023... It's going to be an awesome year filled with God's blessing, his favor and growth. We're we're going to grow. When I'm talking about where I'm talking, your church, my church, hallelujah. We're going to grow spiritually, numerically. And some of us are going to see financial growth. Many of you are going to see God's promise fulfilled in your life. That certain prayer is going to be answered. 2023 is going to be the year where God gives you the desire of your heart. It's going to be a year of healing and restoration of minds and bodies and hearts and families and and marriages. Why? Because it's time. Hallelujah. It's due. And because the God we serve is faithful to his word, uh, he's a promise keeper. Amen. Let me say that again. God is a promise keeper. Let me say it one more time. God is... A promise keeper. Hallelujah. As the the great Reverend Dean Aldaco used to say, my friend, I want to tell you that Jesus is a promise keeper. Let me say it again. God is a promise keeper. Hallelujah. He's going to keep his promises. Amen. In 2023, God is going to bring into reality the things we only imagined. Hallelujah. Also, it's going to be a year of opportunity for us individually and for the church. In 2023, God is going to open effectual doors for living word. Amen. Listen, the world is a big place. Hallelujah. And it just doesn't exist with these certain cities. There's places like India, there's Germany, there's France, there's all sorts of African nations that are waiting. Amen. I don't mean to scare you or or put you off. Amen. But listen, listen, you're going to see 
promise after promise after promise be fulfilled. Uh, listen, that doesn't mean that we're not going to have opposition. Can somebody say amen? The devil is going to try to stop what God has promised to do for us individually and as a church. Now, can, let's, let me get back. I just said that. I just wanted to share that with you. Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 says, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Albert Barnes said in his commentary, the reference here is particularly to the support of ministers of religion. Galatians 6.6. 6. But the apostle makes this exhortation general. Uh, Christians sometimes become weary. There is so much opposition to the best plans for doing good. There is so much to be done. There are so many calls on their time and their charities. And there is often so much ingratitude among those whom they endeavor to benefit that they become disheartened. Such Paul addresses and exhorts them or exhorts them to give over but to persevere or not to give over but to persevere. And so church, this was written to help support those who were in the ministry, like pastors and leaders. Now, let me just say that pastoring, the life of a pastor is, it's complicated. Many don't understand what's involved. And, and in case you didn't know, pastoring is hard work. Amen. There's a lot of highs and lows. Really, really good times and bad times. And then there are really, really, really bad times. I call it trauma in the garden. And many times what a pastor receives for his work is, is, an, is ingratitude. And that's one of the reasons why many pastors quit. But I don't want to give you a big sad story because even with all of its ups and downs, pastoring is very fulfilling. It's satisfying, rewarding. I love it. I love it to bits. But pastoring isn't for everyone. Now, this text also applies to all believers, especially to those in ministry in the church. Now, how many know that you can labor in your ministry, usher, serving, teaching, and get ingratitude for your service sometimes. But listen, we need to thank God for those who labor in the church. Can I say amen? Amen. amen. Listen, we need to thank God for them, those who labor in the church, and be nice to them. And show them some love and gratitude and thank God for them. Thank God for the faithfulness of those who labor in church. Those who labor in the church, let me, let me just say something to you. You're a blessing and you're going to reap a harvest. But enough of that, amen. Now, Galatians chapter 6 verse 9, and let us, now Paul includes himself, let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season... We, Paul includes himself again, shall reap if we think not. Now, to understand what's going on here, we need to understand what the word weary means. Now, weary means to be utterly spiritless, to be wearied out, exhausted. 
And so this verse was spoken in connection, in conjunction with the previous eight verses. And it says this in Galatians chapter 6, verses 1 through 7. It says, brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. It says, keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens. And so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work. And then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. For each will have to bear his own load. Let the one who has taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches Verse 7, you know the verse, uh, do not be deceived, God is not mocked, for whatever one sows, uh, that will he also reap. Uh, for the one who sows to his own flesh uh, will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. I like that bit, eternal life. Amen. And so we see the work that all Christians are called to do. Amen. Let me just open this real quick. I got to be careful because the last time I did this, I spilled water all over myself. All right here. And I had to go preach. And so we see the work that all Christians are called to. We're going to give you a real quick Bible study. And this involves everybody here. Number one. We're involved, uh, we're called to restore people in a spirit of gentleness. Number two, watching out for ourselves and watch out for pride. Number three, bearing one another's burdens or help each other with their troubles. Number four, at the same time, bear our own load as we help others. So we got to stay away from the attitude that says, hey, I, I have my own problems to deal with. We got to stay away from that. Number five, we need to share what we have. And number six, keep away from sin. Don't be deceived because you're going to reap what you sow. And so right here we see the, the good work that we're called to do. And anything that builds up promotes the gospel, extends the kingdom, and blesses the body of Christ and even the world is considered good work. Now I understand we're not saved by good works, but we got to be doing some good things. Amen. And so we can't get weary because if we forget why we're doing it, we're going to get tired. Amen. We can't get weary if we forget why we're doing it. Amen. So we're encouraged to bear one another's burdens. And that can be a hard word, church. A hard word. Bear one another's burdens. And at the same time, we're to bear our own load as well. And that's hard work. And so we're to bear our own responsibilities. Listen to what I'm saying. Our own responsibilities as well as others. And not to think, hey, you know, I don't have time for this. I've got my own problems to deal with. It's too much to deal with somebody else's problems. See, that was one of the mindsets or attitudes that Paul wanted, to, wanted us to avoid. And Paul, amen, Paul knew that when we got to that point, something was up, something wasn't right, something's going on in the heart. 
And I think you know that we got to keep our heart right and clean. Can somebody say amen? Amen. You have to keep at all costs. You got to do what you got to do. Listen to what I'm saying. To keep your heart right and clean. Amen. Pastor Reuben calls it a right spirit. A good spirit. What he means is you got to have a clean heart. Now, Paul knew it was possible to get tired or exhausted in doing good for others. And also dealing with our own problems. And he knew that the heart could grow cold when you lose the heart to do good. But not, but not only in doing good for others, but also dealing with our own struggles as well, as well. We're to help others, but at the same time, we have our own struggles. And with that, our responsibility to keep our hearts clean as well. But he also knew that one could get tired of living clean and right before God, or right before God and go off and, and do his own thing. And we see that a lot. Can somebody say amen? And so, listen, watch. He says, be not weary in doing well or in well-doing. And so, as we serve Jesus, all of us are, are waiting for something. We're praying for something. We're believing for something and, and trusting God for something, enduring something, working through something, trying to overcome something. And the list goes on and on and on. And, and we do this because we're taught in Scripture not to worry or to be afraid, but to pray and have faith and to trust in God for all, all of our needs and for everything we might face in life. Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 says, Don't worry about anything, but pray and ask God for everything you need. Also, church, we're taught that God hears us when we pray. And he answers and meets the needs of his people. Amen. Now, John chapter 15, verse 7 says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. But sometimes, church, sometimes, in between the start and finish of a struggle, we have to wait while, while uh, God is working it out for you and I. And sometimes we have to wait for a long time. And sometimes God doesn't work it out. He sees you through. Amen. He sees you through it. And that can be very frustrating and very uncomfortable. Waiting in the midst of a struggle can be very uncomfortable. It's in the waiting and everything in between where we get weary, we get tired, and we get exhausted. It's in the waiting where we can get weary and lose Heart. Now, as I said earlier, earlier in, in ministry, you can get tired of people's ingratitude. Amen. Hallelujah. Am I talking to real people? You can get tired of people's ingratitude. I mean, we just want to serve. We just want to serve, and, and people can take advantage of our services, and, and they can be rude. Amen. Or have an attitude about how we serve. 
And after time, you can get tired and weary of people's ingratitude. Amen. Pastors can understand that, but I mean, I got a few knives in my back, and I'm sure Pastor Ruben has hundreds of knives in his back. Amen. Over the years, you get them. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Any of you that, that have been pastoring for a while, you got some knives in your back too. Amen. So what do you do? Well, we'll talk about that later. You can get tired of people's ingratitude and take up the attitude, hey, I don't have to take this and lose the heart to serve. You're here, but you just don't have the heart to serve. Getting wearied out, church, or wearied out, has the ability to change us. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58 says something very interesting in the ERV version. It says uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58, So, my dear brothers and sisters, stand strong. Don't let anything change you. Weariness can change your character. In essence, what we face in life and all the struggles, all the different attitudes and all the delayed prayers, all the burdens we carry can take its toll on us and change who we are or our character. And God's people, you, me, You've gone some through some heavy struggles in the last three years. Traumatic things that are hard to bear. We're not the same person we started out to be. But instead, we've grown a bit angry because things haven't turned out the way we thought they would. We're doing all this good for others, but we're not getting any good in return. And, and, and now we're just tired, we're exhausted, we're sapped and drained, and we don't want to do this anymore. And what we fail to understand is that the, this is a strategy from Satan, and that's to exhaust us, to burn us out, and get us tired of our walk with God. Live church is full of setbacks. Can somebody say Amen. Life is full of setbacks and disappointments and letdowns. And many times they can, they can be repetitive and we can get tired of, of it all. In general, church, in general, I don't know about you, but I live in the real world. And life is a struggle. Amen. Life is a struggle trying to, to make ends meet, feeding the family, try to stay, uh, trying to stay on top of our bills, keeping the car maintained can be a struggle, and it can wear you out. And then there are the traumatic things that happen in our lives. The Apostle Paul understood this, and he says something very profound and actually very exciting. Actually, he says something that stirs your heart and gives us hope. He says this. He says. For in due season. We shall reap. 
Now, the Apostle Paul says that in the proper season, we're going to reap all the seed that we've sown as we, as we did good for others. Can I ask you a question, church? How many of you are going about doing good? Amen. Give me a loud amen. How many, how many of you are going about doing good? Amen. amen. Because that's a good thing. We need to go about doing good things. Amen. amen. Now, like a farmer... He scatters and he plants his seed. And in those days, plowing the feed with, or filled with oxen, preparing it for seed time, it was hard, grueling work. And the farmer worked hard to prepare his field, knowing that at a, a proper season or a proper time, he was going to reap a harvest, a massive crop. And church, I have to say to you that our season is coming. I said all that to say to you this morning that our season is coming. Can somebody say amen? amen? At the proper time, God's timing, the right time, it's coming. And every act of goodness we did or we sowed is a seed. Amen. Let me share something with you. Our faithfulness to God is a seed. And your faithfulness to God's church is a seed. As you sit here listening to God's word, service after service after service, it is a seed. Your faithfulness to your ministry, of course, is a seed. Every time we help someone in any way, shape, or form, it's a seed. Every time we encourage a brother or sister, it's a seed. Every time we walk that extra mile, it's a seed. Every time we open up our wallet to those in need, it's a seed. Every time we sacrifice something for others, it's a seed. Every time we endured the temptation of the devil, every time you said no devil, no devil, no devil, no devil, over the years, no devil, no devil. Listen, it is not in vain. You are not wasting your time. It is a seed. Every time it's a seed, you go about life and doing good. It's a seed. It's a seed that you're plant or that you're planting, and one day you're going to see a harvest. That is not a prophecy. That is not a prediction. That is the word of God, the absolute. This is what God says. And praise God for prophets. They have their place, I guess. There's a lot of false prophets in our time. And you have to be careful. Listen, the gift of prophecy isn't, isn't there, isn't given so that we can make money. Amen. The gift of prophecy isn't something that's there so that you can show people you have a, a magic trick you can do by telling them their phone number and their address and their bank account. Because your, your prophecy is all the bank, about the bank account. So we have to be careful with that. Amen. Every time we wait for a prayer to be answered, it's a seed. Every 
tear that you've shed, it's a seed. Every heartfelt burden that you endured, it's a seed. Every time we endured the insults and attitudes of others without being offended, it's a seed. But you see, you can't be offended by it. It's only a seed when you're not offended. Amen. Now, I've been accused back in, in England of, 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 of uh, I'm like a, they said I'm like a, a duck. And things that people say to me just run off my back. Amen. It just runs off my back. Because I don't allow people... They could tell me anything they want. I mean, I've had people tell me off different things. Pastor, no, Pastor Ruben knows what we're talking about. You know, you have people come in and they, they'll tell you off. But I said, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I'll, I'll pray about it. Amen. And, and you get to a point where you just refuse to be offended. Because life is easier that, that way. You enjoy life when you don't take offense. Because you'd be surprised to find out how many people sit in churches and they sit in the chair and they worship the Lord and they're offended because somebody did that, something to them in the church. Every time you're not offended, it's a seed. It's a seed. Our whole Christian life According to the Apostle Paul, it's a seed. It's a seed that you're planting. And he tells us we're going to see a harvest every time we endured struggles, hard times, and dark days, and, and down days. It's a seed. Every time we hugged a brother or sister in their time of need, that's a seed. Church, life is seed time. And we're going to reap the seed we've sown. Reaping is the same principle or principle as gravity. And you know what? You know the principle of gravity is that what goes up must come down. And, and, and the Bible teaches us very clearly that what we sow, we're definitely, not maybe, but definitely, we're going to reap a harvest. Amen. And Paul made that statement in verse 8 when he says, if you sow to the flesh, we'll reap death. If we sow to the Spirit and do what the Spirit wants us to do, we're going to reap eternal life. That's the goal. Amen. Eternal life is the goal. Amen. I don't know how you feel about that. I've learned as I got older, as I am older. You know, me and my wife, we're going to celebrate our 50-year anniversary, wedding anniversary this year. But like I say, don't clap, don't clap, because it was hard. Amen. It was hard. 50 years. They say, Pastor, you, you, I can't believe you're going to be 50 years. Uh, I, I thought you were only 50 years old. <laughs> I'm not. In the light of eternity, man. 
I know there are people in the church, God bless them, disciples and whatnot. And they're gung-ho, and that's good. We want people excited and, and on fire for Jesus. Can somebody say amen? Brother Field remembers back in the day and Pastor Ruben back in the day when we used to greet each other back in the day, back in the early 80s. Uh, we had a way of greeting each other. We say, hey, brother, what's going on? And we would say, hey, I'm on fire. Do you remember that? <laughs> hey, brother, what's going on? What's happening? Oh, man, I'm ghosted. Amen. That's how we did it back in those days. And it's good to be on fire and whatnot and whatever. But listen, and I know we do what we do. We raise up men. We, we equip the saints. We do what we do. We outreach. We preach. But we do it for the purpose of eternity. That's all. That's it. This is not our home. We're just passing through. Amen. Heaven is our goal. Amen. And, 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 if, and if you have goals and, and all these different things, then that's good. You need to have vision. You need to have goals and, and whatnot and whatever. But listen, our purpose is to get to heaven. Amen. You got to do whatever you got to do to get to heaven. Can somebody say amen? Eternity. That's the goal. Heaven is the goal. Amen. Understand. I understand what my goal is. I know that I'm supposed to uh, uh, make disciples and whatnot and whatever. I know that. Amen. But that's not my goal. My goal is to be with Jesus. Amen. That's your goal. Your goal is to be with Jesus. Eternity. Hallelujah. Now, Paul, Paul wants us to know very clearly that what we sow, we're going to reap a harvest. He wanted his readers to know that we're going to reap a, or that they were going to reap all of their goodness or the goodness they showed to others. Now, I want you to do me a favor. Turn to your neighbor. And, and, and I usually don't do this. Once in a while, I'll do that. Turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor, I really love you. <laughs> Some of you aren't going to do it. For whatever reasons. I'm too, I haven't used that term in a long time. Orale, I'm too hard to do that. Eh? Orale. I haven't used that in years. I've been in England 32 years. Amen. Praise God. Paul wanted them to know that nothing was done in vain. And there are no empty works. There was only a harvest to reap. All those different things, those traumatic things. I think of Pastor Reuben losing his wife, his daughter. Oh, man. 
Don't tell me you got problems. But now, yes, it's devastating. But she's where Paul wanted her to be and where Jesus wanted her to be, where we ultimately all want to be. Amen. And but, but it left something. This trauma left something behind. It left a harvest. And you're seeing it now. You see it when you have conferences. You see the harvest is growing and growing. But you know what? It's not over. It's not over. Amen. Some of you have gone through some stuff the last three years. I mean, COVID missed, messed us up. It really did. It changed everything about everything. The way people look at church, the way they think about church. I know there are loads of people that, that are watching church right now. Bless their little hearts on, 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 the, on the YouTube. Can somebody say amen? Live streaming. Bless them, amen. They're in their pajamas, drinking a cup of coffee, having a donut. Bless their little hearts. And I hope they choke on that donut. No, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Praise God. It changed everything. Some of you were hit hard. Some of you wanted to give up. Paul wanted them to know that nothing was done in vain. None of our experiences are in vain. There are no empty works. Nothing we do is empty. Amen. Therefore, my beloved brother, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Amen. Knowing that in the Lord, your labor is not in vain. Amen. How many minutes do I have? Five? Okay. Let me, in you, let me just end with this, okay? Now, there's only one condition if we're going to reap, and that is don't quit. Don't quit. Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. If we faint not. Listen, church. Loads of Christians are in faint mode. They're close to quitting. And they want to close up shop. Many have fainted. They're gone. And for many reasons. Some Christians quit, give up for petty little reasons. And sometimes you can understand why they quit. Because it got tough, it got rough and unbearable. But listen, that trial, that trouble, that unbearable hardship that we're facing is going to turn into something else. It's going to turn into gold. Mama, every tear that you've shed for your children... It's going to turn into gold, a blessing. All of your fears and worries and woes, those of you single moms that have to endure hardship on your own, raising your kids, it's all going to turn to gold. But don't quit. Don't quit. Keep going. Bow your head with me quickly. 
Maybe there's someone very quickly in this place that isn't saved. You don't know Jesus. You never had the opportunity to open your heart. I have to say to you this morning that he loves you to bits. He loves you. And he wants to do what no one else can do. He wants to forgive you of your sins. Maybe you've been fighting it over and over and over and over and over again. But today, let it be different for you. He'll take your burdens, your worries, your anxieties, your fears. Or he'll take all that and help you deal with it. See, see you through.